0: we don't give our students opportunities to do that when they're in our classes, in our schools, are they, are they going to do that when they, when they leave our schools, right? Okay. It's, it's like yeah. practice, right? It's like if we, if we want
1: them to implement… It's about
0: practice. It's about practice, right? <laughs> We're talking
1: about practice. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway
1: Conversations.
0: My name's Matt Beamers. I'm Abby
1: DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder.
0: As always, we want to thank you for allowing the three of us to be here with you. And we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway. Each week, one of us brings a question, we try to think creatively around it in the context of what it means to teach Christianly. This is our last podcast of 2021. It is strange to think that a year ago, hallway conversations did not exist. That was so weird! (laughs) Well, to be honest, there was a lot of hallway conversations happening with us and many others in the education wing here. None of them were recorded. And now, as we sit on the cusp of 2022, we're humbled and grateful that there have been almost 11,000 downloads of our podcast over the past year, which is, is an wild. astounding number. Wild. Um, and just exceeds many, more than anything we could have asked <laughs> or imagined when we started a year ago. So thank you so much for joining us in the hallway each week. Finally, if any of you have ideas or questions or feedback about our podcast or simply want to share what hallway conversations you're having, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new topics, so please feel free to reach out to us. Right, folks. This week, um, I'm bringing a quote. So the last few weeks, I mean, we took a bit of a hiatus. Dave, you posted a couple of our um, original podcast classics. (laughs) Um, But before our break, we were kind of bringing different quotes. And um, one book that I've been reading. Ties in a bit with one of the classes I'm teaching is a book called Visions of Vocation, um, Common Grace for the Common Good by Stephen Garber. Great book. Uh, it's a great book. I have book. not read it. It's oh, a no. fantastic. And maybe, Dave, you can put a link in the show notes. Yeah, you bet. I'll do um, that. To really, really encourage. Part of the reason it resonated with me is is especially at this time, this unique time, as as COVID continues, mm-hmm. It um, does not feel, it just feels like we're on this never-ending right. trajectory um, where I feel like for a lot of people, or maybe I just speak for myself, um, this idea of vo- vocation as, yeah, I, I really leaned on it to be honest with you. Um, this idea of like what, what a lot keeps us going in a, in a time in teaching, and I'm sure in any vocation, when it just feels, um, yeah, what's well, the right it's a lot. word? It's, it's a lot. lot. It just feels like a lot. Yeah and sometimes it's that strong sense of vocation really that keeps you keeps you going and Mm -hmm. so this book has really resonated with me but there was a quote i want to read for you it's a bit lengthy it comes from um, near the beginning of the book Um, but it just talks about about vocation in schools and i just want to share it with you so um, he ends a paragraph says the realities that our lives are very ordinary in their own ways of course Uh, My friends see their lives like this, too. How could they not? Apart from being horribly plagued by hubris, we do not see ourselves as history might. We live among ordinary people doing ordinary things in ordinary places. We are families and we are neighbors. We worship and we work. We laugh and we cry. We hope and we love. The stuff of life for everyone, everywhere. But it is also true that whether our vocations are as butchers, bakers, or candlestick makers, or people drawn into the worlds of business or law, agriculture or education, architecture or construction, journalism or international development, healthcare or the arts, in our own different ways, we are responsible for love's sake for the way the world is and ought to be. We are responsible for love's sake for the way the world is and ought to be. We are called to be common grace for the common good. And then garber goes on to say he quotes paraphrases jeremiah 29 nine seven. he says seek the well-being of the city was jeremiah's prophetic word to the exiles in babylon for quote when it flourishes you will flourish to learn to see to see ourselves implicated in history to see that we share a common vocation to care not only for our own flourishing but for the flourishing of the world is the vision that has brought this book into this being too so, to see that we share a common vocation to care not only for our own flourishing, but for the flourishing of the world. And my question as I read this, um, Dave and Abby, is do schools have a responsibility to share in this common vocation to teach students not only to care for their own flourishing, but to care for the flourishing of of the world? In other words, is it the responsibility for schools and teachers to help students seek the well-being of the city
1: yeah.
0: and if so why <laughs> or why not and then my question that i'll probably get back to is <laughs> if why how the heck do we do yeah. that <laughs> so bad, just like <laughs> we can answer that in 15 minutes <laughs> right i'd be <laughs> nothing but but happy and, 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 and impressed to be honest so I don't know, Dave, can, I'm going to put you on the spot yeah. here for is the beauty of asking the question. Right. Yeah, I, get, <laughs> I get to
1: listen to you guys' response first. But, yeah, but is
0: <clears throat> is that our is that our role, and, and why or why
1: not? So as you're reading the quote, I'm thinking through the schools that I've been part of uh, yeah. in my twenty almost 25 years as a teacher now. Um And how many of them have language around equipping students for acts of service? Mm. That that that's so often part of the mission statements of of a lot of schools. And there's a part of me that feels like, we've talked before on on the podcast about mission statements as a promise statement. So this is a promise that the school is making to the families and to the community that it serves. um, That this is what we're about, right? So if we are promising to equip students for service... We have to prepare them for that then, yeah. right? If, if that is truly our mission, if we're saying this is our mission, then we have to do that. And I guess that's where when I think about, you know, seeking yeah. the good of the city, to me, right away, my brain goes to, well, then how are they going to get outside the four walls of the school into yeah. that community so, in some way?
0: So now I'm going to come back for a quick second. I know Please. you don't know the answer to this. maybe <laughs> Well But, maybe I do. but yeah. why do you suspect so many schools put this idea of service mm. in their mission statement. So just to play devil's advocate, yeah. because in the end, we're should, schools. Should they? We're should schools. They? We're right. there for oh. for learn for learning. Right. We're not. Right. We're not. We don't right. exist for for sir. Or maybe, we, maybe do. we do. So, but so why do you think that's mm. become um, such a common
1: phrase or common word in so many mission and vision statements, Dave? So for. My teaching career, I've been in Christian schools, right? So let's be clear about that, too. And I think for a lot of schools, this is my wonder. I, I shouldn't say this so decisively. like This is why it's happening. I wonder if this is where they're taking Jesus teaching, the greatest commandment, um, and trying to put it into practice, right? So what what is the greatest commandment? Well, to love God above all and to love your neighbor as yourself. How do you do that? Well, I'm going to serve God and I'm going to serve those around mm-hmm. me and I'm going to serve others right and and I think that's probably a way that schools are trying to operationalize mm-hmm. that idea if, if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm taking that commandment yeah. very seriously yeah. how does that play out in a day-to-day basis yeah. well I'm I'm going to I'm going to love my neighbor by serving my neighbor I'm going to yeah. be actively involved. I, I don't know that for a fact but I, I it's it's striking to me how mm-hmm. many if you go like just yeah. start googling Christian schools websites and start yeah. looking them up and yeah. and just take a tally I I suspect it's well over 50% yeah uh of the schools that i'm familiar with anyway that are going to mention service in that way so that's probably some part of what's driving it i don't know i mean how about you what do you
0: when you think about seeking the well-being of the city what's what's the answer to the why piece for you
2: you know as you were reading i was reminded i haven't i haven't taught this play in a long time but i used to teach our town certain wilder oh yeah so Right, grade nine English every yeah. year. So Emily <laughs> Webb, at the end of that play, right, she she dies yeah. and she comes back and she she gives a goodbye monologue. Yeah. Right, I used to make my students write their own version of mm-hmm. it. Like I oh, love it. Yeah. Um, and she basically says goodbye to all the ordinary things that she took for granted for mm-hmm. her whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, like like she sees she relives like a twelfth birthday yeah. with her family and goodbye yeah. all of these things. Like, oh Earth, you were too wonderful
0: yeah. for me
2: yeah. to realize. Right, and so I think part of like seeking the good of the city and thinking about our kids too is helping them see all those things Mm. in a way that really imparts like the sacredness of Mm. all of life, right? So I think Christian schools, I definitely, I was telling you both before this, my third grader, her class went on a really formative trip yesterday. They went to Walmart, they've been praying for people with cancer all year went to walmart bought things for them brought them delivered them to the people they had been praying for very formative for my daughter right and so i think our schools do wonderful acts of service Mm. like that but i also think seeking the good of the city means apart from those special like this is a service project Mm -hmm. thinking about how the world is sacred and how we can pick up trash every day Mm -hmm. right and how Learning about science is helping us. You know, it's like seeing the... the ordinary through a lens mm-hmm. of sacredness and helping us realize that is it feels more reformed to me too.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. Than just saying we're gonna do our service project. And
1: then we go back to school, right? Yeah. Right, like. I think, can I jump on that? Yeah. This is my biggest beef, right? And I think this is picking up what you were getting at too, Matt, at to the beginning. I think, I think both are good. Service.
2: I'm not saying that I don't think service projects. No, are No, no,
1: right, and and yes. service learning has value totally. for sure. Totally. But, but my wonder sometimes is for Christian schools, it feels like everything has to turn into a service project. It's like, oh, no, better do a service project, right? And and I'm pointing the finger at myself because I've been part of that in, mm-hmm. in the schools that I've served too, right? And. That's where I'm wondering, like, mm-hmm. is that actually the mission of the school? Mm-hmm. should be an academic institution first yeah. of all, yeah. I think. Yeah. But what does that even mean, right? Like, if, if it's an academic institution, does that mean I only care about things that they're going to learn in books? Or does that mean I'm trying to equip them for all of life, yeah. not just teaching them for who right. they are right now, but for right. who they're going to be as well? Yeah. And, no, it, it makes me, I guess if I think about it...
0: Um, why do why do we want these things for our students beyond if we're gonna you know again I, it depends how you define academic Dave I guess I'm thinking yeah. about I'm thinking about my you know very narrow view very narrow definition you know typical of like a hey, math science the um, you know the government learning outcomes or the stated mm-hmm. learning outcomes mm-hmm. um, but but to me it's like it feels like then we're limiting what learning looks like in terms of like this happens Mm -hmm. in a, in a classroom. And if I think about, um, I think it like what Abby, what you said, if it's like, let's tack on a service project or let's do the, the, the question for me is, what does, what does one have to do with the other? Like, can we make a connection like for human, for human flourishing, like that idea, that question of how, you know, students will always ask when am I ever going to use this? Right. And maybe maybe we need to be better at saying, well, let me tell you about what we're going to do next week and let me tell you what a difference that's going to make in mm-hmm. in Denver or Vancouver or Pella or Des Moines or wherever Grand Rapids serving. or mm-hmm. wherever you're serving, right? That this idea that, I guess to me, I'm thinking about the phrase that keeps coming back to me is this idea, are we called to be co-creators, co-restorers, mm-hmm. co-workers with God and to, to not seek the flourishing of the city um, as an institution, then to me says, then we're, are we abdicating our role as being co-workers with, with yeah, God? Yeah. In other words, are we saying to our students, mm-hmm. what we're doing here is preparing you to be a co-worker with God, whereas then do we want our students to be co-workers
1: in the here right now. now in the yep. here,
0: the here, the so, here and now? But yet on the other hand, mm-hmm. I also feel at times like, does it lose? Do we lose some authenticity? You know, like I'm, I'm picturing that. Whatever that is, that one scene where Oprah, so you get a gift, you get a gift, yeah, you, right. you get a service project, you get, you get, car, a, you you get, get a car, car. yeah, <laughs> you, you know. And now we're just going to do service projects, and and then do they lose their authenticity? Like, how do we know that we're actually contributing to the flourishing of the city, right. um, especially when there are these standalones? So I I, re- I wrestle with it a bit. I don't. I guess I'm thinking about this line um, that. Uh, that Garber uses where he talks about we're called to be common grace for the for the common good right so as as an institution we're called to be common grace for the common good our student but I but I guess I'm also feeling like what what makes that experience formative it's not just that someone is on the receiving end of that grade Mm -hmm. three's Mm -hmm. goodness like we're helping them flourish we're helping but but how are we actually helping our grade 3 students flourish? Mm-hmm. And when yes. we help our students flourish, how is that even contributing mm-hmm. to the common good of the city, right? So so often to think about these service projects as as what can we do? What can we offer? How can we be um, bring healing and restoration to our communities and amen to that. We want our students yeah. to see that. But how and how what in doing, doing that might that actually bring healing and mm-hmm. restoration and flourishing to, to, to us, me. right? That yeah. it, that it's a formative learning experience for for us, right? It's right. this idea of, like, you know, like, we're blessed to be a blessing mm-hmm. or you do these projects. And how often do you come back and say, yeah, like, I went with the mindset of I'm going to right. give mm-hmm. of myself. And, and that's
2: what, and I do like that this project was a long-term, yeah. right? Like, it it's developed. It, thing, it was organic. Yeah. It was long-term. This has been since the beginning yeah. of the year. This was kind of a combination, mm-hmm. you know and I appreciate that.
1: And, and that to me makes it much more of a formational Right. experience too, right? right? That it wasn't just this one off it's service day, we're gonna go yes. clean ditches or yes. whatever, right? Like Which I've
2: been a part of too.
1: Yeah, and I have too. Yes. Yeah. And and I think the difference of this that it is that kind of intentionality on the part of right. the teacher and the school right. that they're they're going to build then in a relational component. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to mm-hmm. um, invest the time and the resources into developing mm-hmm. this too. Like that that's going to do something for those kids mm-hmm. who participated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my and my wonder is, right, if we don't if we don't give our students opportunities to do that when they're in our classes, in our schools, are they are they going to do that mm-hmm. when they when they leave our schools, right? Okay. It's, it's like yeah. practice, right? It's like if we if we want them to implement about practice. it's about practice, right? <laughs> We're talking about practice, but talk about the game. Yeah, talk <laughs> about the game. If we don't if we yeah. don't practice Right, then when we do engage culture outside of the classroom, right. like where we're out on or living as independent adults out in the world, yeah. if we have no sense of what that looks like and feeling a responsibility to do that, right. yeah, then I wonder, that should we be surprised when that doesn't mm-hmm. happen as, as adults?
1: Okay, but now here's my controversial okay. hot take of the day. Yeah. Is this actually the role of a school? And, and here's why I say that. I yeah. think we're in a, in a complicated set of overlapping spheres here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Should this actually be the responsibility of families yeah. to, you know, enculturate this in mm-hmm. their kids? Should yeah. this be the role of the church to be active in service? And, I mean, Christian schools are in a weird situation because it maybe blurs some lines in, in ways there too. But I have a good friend who's a youth pastor. Yeah. Um, he's been a youth pastor for a long time, and he would he would critique Christian schools for this. He says yeah. they're stepping all over the church's yeah. sphere. And the church should be the group that's out there getting kids invested and involved. Uh-huh. And, and that's kind of discipling, formational. You know. Is it also the school's responsibility? Well, maybe. But I I don't know. That's that's a potentially yeah. controversial take. What do you think? Yeah, I guess as you're asking that
0: question, Dave, I th- I think in the end for me, it's, it comes back to sort of what's the learning target. Well, right? Right. And I do... And I don't think it's an either. I don't think it should be an either or. Again, what's the the mission vision of the school? What's Mm -hmm. the promise statement of the school, right? So the school that I was at for a long time before I came here, their promise statement was educating for wholeness by engaging God's world in the servant way of Jesus. So this idea of, educating for wholeness, educating for shalom, educating for right relationship, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. right? We're going to educate for people to be in right relationship with God, other self, God's creation. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? By engaging the world in the servant way of Jesus. So for, for their promise statement was to say, for us to be in right relationship, that can't happen in a rigorous academic context, but that cannot happen without engaging the world in the servant mm-hmm. way, way of Jesus. To say, hey, for that's the only way for that to happen now does that mean it's not the church's responsibility but but i guess my the counter that then that to that dave is to say if it then to say it's the church's responsibility then is to say well this is sort of a churchy sacred spiritual thing that's not our sphere that doesn't belong Mm. to Mm. us where if we really believe well all of these things belong to god none of these vocations is more sacred or spiritual um like Maybe instead of pointing your friend, instead of pointing the church at the school, I don't yeah. know the context, yeah. should be saying thanks for partnering with us mm-hmm. in the formation of these young people to say, like, why does he want to do that all by himself or she yeah. want to do that all yeah. by himself? Just like the, you know, the school shouldn't look at the church and say, well, you're taking... No, like, we we got to be working together for the good of these young people, for the good of for the common good, I guess. And so I get a little bit, my back can get up a little bit when I hear (laughs) churches getting protective of like, this is, this belongs, Mm -hmm. this belongs to us, especially if we're saying, hey, are we co-creators? Are we co-learners? Is is what we're learning in school have to do anything with what's happening in the city? Well, if the answer to that is no, what are the implications of that? Yeah. Then right. what? Are, like, what are we doing this here for? Then we really are educating for ACTs and act. You know, we're defining yeah. excellence as getting into the best university to get the right. best job, right. Um, right? And we're sending a message to our students that that's what church is for. Right. That's not what school is for. And, and, and the messy part of this. That.
2: The messy part of this is time. Oh yeah. Right. Like so, I can sympathize because I know how busy teenagers are. I taught yeah, them. Right. Right? So they've got youth group on Wednesdays. They've got three games a week, two mm-hmm. games a week. They've got practice every other night. I mean, I lived that too, yep. Right, you'd go from practice, maybe grab a bite at home for 20 minutes, run the youth group on Wednesday. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? It's real easy to skip that, yeah. right? Yep. Because you're not going to get penalized and sit on the bench for skipping right. youth group,
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So I
2: mean, I, there's just so much competition for our kids' time,
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, and even in families. Right, so mm-hmm. dinners together, and yeah. what are those formative? And so I think that's the part where this can get very complicated. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
2: And who's, where, where, there might be ownership issues, yeah. right? Because yeah. who's, yeah. Well, how much time are we committing to each right. of yeah. these?
1: Right, and I think yeah. that would be my friend's complaint too. Like, who, who should have the primary responsibility? I think he would agree with yeah. what you're bringing up there too, really, that, right? Like, of course, the family has responsibility. Of course, the yeah. school is responsible. Of course, the church has responsibility. Yeah. You know. Who should be taking the lead on discipleship? Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably the church should be taking yeah. the lead on discipleship, but you can make an argument that the family should be. You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's different ways you could talk about that. Through.
2: And I and I do like the idea of schools connecting the service that they're doing to the curriculum that they're teaching.
1: Yeah, right, because that's what's yeah. going to make it a yeah. formational learning experience. Yeah. Right, and
2: awesome. that's also what connects academics to the outside world. Like, right, yeah. like the world belongs to God.
0: Right. Friends, we know that your time is valuable and we want to thank you for joining us today for another hallway conversation. Whether it's this day, this week, this month, this school year, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And as you end this year, we want to offer you this blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week and happy year.
1: This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.